0: Welcome to another virtual millennial money. I'm really excited to be here with you today, especially during quarantine. And today's video is actually about something you might have received in the mail or via direct deposit. Now, the question is, are these stimulus checks a test run for universal basic income? Today, Robert offers some incredible insight on what you can do to multiply your stimulus check. Welcome everyone to Millennial Money, and I am super excited to be here with Robert Kiyosaki. Thank you so much for joining us. He's the infamous author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and latest book, Who Stole My Pension? And so I think today is gonna be very exciting because there's a lot of hot topics going on in the economy, and millennials are super excited to get gain your insights and knowledge into, you know, these stimulus checks and what we can see with the future um, approaching us.
1: Good, good, good. (laughs) Interesting times.
0: Definitely interesting times. And and I think um, for some it can be a little bit frightening. And then for others it can be super encouraging. And um, I'd love to gain your insight on, you know, with the elections coming up and before we had the Democratic candidates um, talking about UBI. And so really with the stimulus checks, I feel like we're seeing kind of a test of what UBI would look like. And I was wondering, I mean, do you think this could be a permanent thing ongoing in the U.S.?
1: You asking me that question? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, UBI, Universal Basic Income, it was also MMT, which is Marxist Monetary Theory. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this has happened throughout history. So I'm very, I'm glad you asked that question because it gives me time to expound upon it. Uh, this is not the only time this has happened. Um, it happened in, I think it marks, what this marks to me is the end of the American empire. And because that's what happened with the end of the Roman empire. And what happened at the end of the Roman empire, the uh, the, the leaders of Rome debased the currency, that they, they were taking silver coins and gold coins they're filing them and melting them and doing all these goofy things. They were fighting wars, you know, we're still fighting wars that we couldn't afford. They couldn't afford. And they started taxing the worker. And back in Roman times, the worker was the farmer or the yeoman. And so the government, those fat asses up there, were just, just taxing the crap out of the worker. And pretty soon the worker says, "Why should I work? Because, you know, I've got to just keep giving my money to the government." And pretty soon they built—they call them Roman circuses, you know. So they're the big coliseums, and they were feeding lions. I mean, people to lions and all that other stuff. You know, today we have the Super Bowl and the March Madness and everything's the same, you know, yeah. it's the same. So your question is a very important question because it's not a simple answer, but where my concern is it is the end of the American empire. Yeah. And, and very simply is, is because uh, our Federal Reserve Bank, our treasury, and our government has messed up the US dollar so much that they have to find a way to keep people happy And so they want to just quote unquote print money, which they are doing. Yeah. So the stimulus money they print, everybody says, "Oh God, you know, it's because of they shut the economy down and this and that." Everybody says, "Yeah, so they're going to give me PPP and all of this stuff." So just remember this: that money comes from production. Yeah. And when we pay people not to produce, which is PPP and all that, we're just paying them not to revolt. You know, and that's what happened during the Roman times. And so I, that's why I say it's the end of the American empire because our money is corrupt. So that's basically it. Now, would I take the money? Absolutely. You know, as we were talking about it, don't fight the government, don't fight the Fed, don't fight politics. Do you know, if they're gonna give me a thousand bucks, I'll take it, but I would convert it into either gold, silver, or Bitcoin
0: and yeah robert and i think that's such a genius point you brought up because a lot of people some not the i mean the majority right are concentrating on paying their basic day-to-day needs some even buying liabilities in with the stimulus check instead of actually investing in their future and so i think it's kind of curious how in these times we see behaviors like this where people are just buying liabilities and like you know maybe paying for a new purse or a new fridge for their house, instead of trying to make this money work for you in the long run and investing in assets. And so it's just, it's interesting.
1: Right. And the more the government pay, and this is globally, you know, it's not just the U S or it's not a racial thing they're just paying everybody not to work today because mm-hmm. the monetary system is, is coming apart, but you've got to be smarter than the government, which is not that hard to do. And it's, it's just coming apart right now. And you know, like when, uh, when the Fed talks about stimulus checks, well, the only people that get rich are Bezos and Zuckerberg. You know, they got all that money for free. It goes into them via BlackRock, a hedge fund, and it goes straight into Wall Street. And then the guys who own Facebook and Amazon get richer.
0: It's, it's kind of like there's a different agenda, which they're trying to take distraction away from the core problem as to what's go actually Correct. going
1: on. Correct, it's a smokescreen.
0: Mm-hmm. And um, when the, the House passed the second round of payments with its Heroes Act in May, and President Trump last week said we could probably see another round. Would you say, there's a lot of questions as to this could be, is, if this could be good or bad for the economy. What do you think?
1: It's up to you to do that, make that decision for mm-hmm. yourself. You see, every time you get a hot little dollar or a peso or a yen or a yuan in your hand, it, you have the power to do, determine what you do with it.
0: Yeah.
1: And so, um, you know, when I was in my 20s, that's when I started buying gold and silver. And today, I'm still buying gold and silver. Mm-hmm. And uh, nothing's changed. I, don't, I just don't trust my government. If you trust your government, have a good time, you
0: know. Yeah, and that's a bunch a scary- of lying
1: scumbags, what they are.
0: <laughs> that's the scariest part. It's because because of this idea of UBI, right? Um, we're going to become more dependent on the government as opposed to being like innovative and you know Uber and Rich Dad. They were all born out of necessity, and I think we're going to lose that sense of necessity if UBI is implemented, which is scary. I mean, we're not going to see entrepreneurs anymore.
1: Yeah, UBI is a small part of it. What they're doing is they're propping up zombies. Mm -hmm. And zombies are companies that are mismanaged, like Hertz right now is completely bankrupt. Boeing is bankrupt. Um, The cruise ships are bankrupt, Ford's bankrupt. And the Fed, the Treasury, and Wall Street keep propping them up. Well, it makes it harder for your generation. You know, like I always said to the millennials, man, you guys have been scared. Groot. Oh, Jesus, are you
0: really <laughs> We really
1: We had it easy.
0: <laughs> what else is going to come our way? <laughs> Scary.
1: So, but that's why I'm ha- always happy to talk to you and give you my point of view because it's other people that say, well, I deserve that money you know, if the rich are getting the money, so should I So yeah, well, you can justify it all you want, but it's still up to you what you're going to do with the money and what you're going to do with your future. Yeah.
0: The sense of entitlement. I mean, you see it. And now people weren't satisfied with the first round and now there needs to be a second round implemented, which just shows what UBI is really going to instill as a behavior.
1: Right. And there, and there's a war on in politics and war in China Mm-hmm. The Chinese government's gonna shut down Hong Kong. And, um, you know, it's, it's a monetary war, which is why I always ask the question, why doesn't school teach us about money? Yeah. Well, that's not an accident. But for some reason, I was one of those geeky kids that that's what I studied. Mm-hmm. I kept, kept asking, you know, what am I gonna learn about money? And my teacher gave me some religious answer about the love of money being the root of all evil. And I said, it may be evil to you, but I like to have some, you know? So so now it's it's all coming apart at the seams. So gold, silver, Bitcoin, you know, they're not the answer, but they're kind of an insurance policy against the incompetence of our leaders.
0: And, and I think, um, thankfully, a lot of people have been waking up to that because this month, Robert, I don't know if you saw, but there was a lot of virtual, um, like there was a lot of virtual graduations. And so um, people realized, too, that they were graduating and yet could not find a single job um, because people aren't hiring because of this virus, right? And pe- so before people thought it was AI that was going to replace our jobs, who would have thought it would be a virus, which is. I mean, it just goes to show you cannot depend on the government. You cannot depend on this traditional system that we've been raised in.
1: That's, I man, I, I, you know, when you, you guys were born at 9-11, <laughs> then you ran into 2008, the subprime crash, and now you guys run into the corona crash. And, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, God's, God must hate you guys or something.
0: <laughs> what did we do to deserve this? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but it's also, it's, it should, you know, we, we, we talk about it at Rich Dad, you know, you want to be anti-fragile. You know, the, the harder it, it's on you, the stronger you want to get. Mm-hmm. And as you know, there's a lot of snowflakes out there and a lot of cream puffs yep. and a lot of wimps. And it's their right to be a wimp, but they're still wimps, you know. Mm-hmm. That's the problem.
0: And yeah, and the idea of the government taking care of you—it it doesn't teach you to be anti-fragile. No. So yeah, and you know that also—it kind of reminds me of this question I had as well when I was reading about all this UBI—is who exactly is even funding the 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 UBI? Because I think that's what people don't understand. And will this be passed on? Like, will this kind of debt be passed on to our children and grandchildren? Just like this was, this whole mess was passed on to us.
1: Well, that's why there's no financial education in our schools. I mean, you know, most school teachers, they're like my parents, they're good people, but they're functionally poor people. They have no, they have not a clue. They're clueless in Ohio, you know, <laughs> And they, they've got no money and they want a pension and they want tenure and they want job security. And so they'll do whatever, you tell them to do. Mm-hmm. So that was my family, you know, and it's pretty tragic. But anyway, that's, that's life. And the other side of it, like I've said to your generation, you have more power today with that iPhone than any other generation in history. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The, that iPhone, is think it was a 2007 or 2009 it came out. Mm-hmm. Man, you guys have so much power to be the best entrepreneurs in the world, mm-hmm. and it only costs what a thousand bucks for an iPhone. You know, what I mean, that's dirt cheap. So there's a lot of good things happening for you guys, except if you went to school and you're taught by those incompetent school teachers, like my poor dad. Now, they're good people, but they haven't got any as, as they say in Spanish, no cajones, no cajones. You know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're being taught by fragile people and we're turning into fragile people. Yeah. And Robert, you also mentioned in Who Stole My Pension, which is an amazing book, um, about how UBI could also be a sign of socialism. Could, could you explain that for our viewers, please, Robert?
1: Well, it's always been socialism, you know, but they don't tell you that. The Federal Reserve Bank is a socialist or a communist organization, but they'll never tell you that. Mm-hmm. The more I studied it, you know, when I was about 25 years old, I started studying this stuff. And the more I studied, the more I felt I needed a shower. You know, I mean, they, they were just lying to us. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think of my friends in Aussie and their, their superannua- superannuations, just, they're empty. Yeah. And you look at Mitch McConnell in, from Kentucky here, I think that's where he's from. Mm-hmm. But when the market crashed in 2020, March of 2020, only 16% of the teachers, firefighters, and police officers' pension was funded, 16%. So they had $16 for every 100 they owed. Now it's down to six. They're broke. So they're covering all of this up, so they wanna bring UBI in so they can just mass produce money, and so they're gonna pay people not to work so they can escape do you know what I mean? So, well, we gave you all this money. We gave you all this money and they're going to escape.
0: Yeah. And, and in all honesty, if we look at this from a global scale as well, it's, it's an extreme case. But for example, Venezuela, well, people line up to receive the money that the government promised them and the food portions that they're promised and they settle and they don't strive for anything better in life. And look how that turned out. Right. It's a scary, extreme picture as to what the government, why they want you to depend on them.
1: Right. So just just remember, you know, when this guy Jerome Powell, and I call him the Wizard of Oz, but he's the you know the um, the Federal Reserve Chairman. They're a bunch of criminals, okay. and they know it, but they won't tell you that. Jerome Powell only makes two hundred eight thousand a year. You know, I can make that a week, and he's dealing with guys like me, who can outsmart them, outrun them, outgun him. You know he, he's dealing with entrepreneurs, so that's why, you know, I say to your generation: with that iPhone, become an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. You know, so you you don't you don't need the, you don't need the job security. Nothing wrong with it, but you don't want to need it, and you don't yeah. need the UBI. You don't need the paycheck. Yeah. If you can get off of needing that paycheck, you're free. If you can make your own money, that's the difference.
0: Yeah, Robert, I love what you just said because. Like, like you were saying, don't fight against the system, find a way to make it work for you. So right. look at these taxpayers as the investors in your financial future, right? Instead of, and then learn how to fish with the fish that they're deciding to give you, right? But I hope that people take more of this entrepreneurial mindset as, a poor, as opposed to having the poor mentality that we've Correct. seen in other countries.
1: Correct. And it's gonna get worse. Um, because <clears throat> this is a little bit more than people need to know, but you know, there's a thing called the debt to GDP ratio. Yeah. So when the thing crashed in 2020 in March, the debt went up and the GDP, the gross domestic product went down. So that's what I was saying. So we produce less, but we, we raised the debt up. So debt, debt went up, GDP went down. And if this coronavirus comes back, which I think it will, we're bankrupt yeah. because the debt to GDP, once once debt to GDP passes 90%, we're bankrupt. Today it's 115% debt to GDP in America. So we're already bankrupt. And so the UBI is no different than the Romans paying the Roman citizens to sit in the Coliseum and watch the the Dallas Cowboys play the, Green Bay Packers, you know, nothing really changes. I mean, people are that stupid, yeah. but they don't know. They really don't know.
0: Okay. And so, so would you say, I mean, with all this going on, do you, do you think we're headed for hyperinflation?
1: Probably, probably. I mean, but uh, and it's not probably, it's what the government wants. What they're afraid of is deflation because deflation means depression. So this thing called quantitative easing, which is printing money, that came out in 1930. You know, Bernanke thinks he did it, but he, he copied it in 1930. And then they have zero, zero interest rates policy. So what that means is they print money and then they pay you nothing, no interest, zero interest rate policy and people still say to their kids go to school work hard you know save money and you know save 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 till it hurts it's it's really stupid mm-hmm. and that's because people cannot think because they went to school to get that job and if you think like an entrepreneur you've really got to think outside the box and i said again the iphone gives you so much power you know, I, I met that, I talked to that young guy. <clears throat> he's got, he's his, his, his 19 years old, his father wants me to tell him to go back to college. And so I called him up. <laughs> I,
0: think,
1: I think the numbers were he gets $12 a month on a subscription basis, and he's got I think 6,000 or 7,000, 6,000 subscribers. So he's making like 72,000 a month he says, "My father thinks I should go back to college." <laughs> I said, "Well, I, I hate to tell you, I hate, I, so I t- I called his father and I think your son's in good shape, you know."
0: <laughs> and, I, and I and I would agree because I, it's kind of foolish at some at certain points when we see people um, nowadays, right? They they've been posting about how the unemployment checks have been coming in for them, and they're actually making more money than what they were making at their job, and so. They're very comfortable, they're very happy, but I don't think people understand the magnitude and the impact that this can have on the economy.
1: Yeah, we're already, <clears throat> we're already finished. I, I hate to say this, but I think it's the end of the American empire. <clears throat> and you know, like uh, I was watching CNBC this morning, with a, the that's another communist organization, but uh, they had this guy named Jim Grant get on there and he was explaining exactly what I'm saying to you guys. You can't just keep printing this money and so CNBC asked him, I said, so what should you do? He says, buy gold and buy silver. He says, they're gonna destroy the dollar. And the guy, Joe Kernan of CNBC says, ah, that's such an old idea. You know, I'm going, geez. You know, gold and silver have been here since God created this earth. And Bitcoin is the, is the next replacement to that. So for your generation, it really is to get outside of what mainstream media says is the right way to think and think for yourselves.
0: And I think that's the best message we can leave for our viewers is think for Mm -hmm. yourself and know that all this happening is it has a bigger reason and a bigger purpose to it. And so really, thank you, Robert. That's such a valuable lesson. And I I think it's easier said than than done. But truly, thinking for ourselves is the only thing that can save us. Thank you so much, Robert. And I'm so happy we did this Millennial Money. Um, To all our viewers, be expecting a lot more with our amazing Robert Kiyosaki. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's virtual Millennial Money. Times are crazy, and so now it's more important than ever to stay educated and keep yourself updated on all these changes and how you can benefit from them. And so to do that, click the subscribe button and the notification bell to stay tuned with all the content that we'll be pushing out. If you have any questions or want anything answered, leave a comment below and we'll feature you on the next Millennial Money. All right, everyone, take care. Bye.